Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's Kent Online podcast. It's Thursday the 22nd of February and we're going to start today's episode talking about a significant change that's come into force today for parents who've lost a baby. For the first time, bereaved mums and dads whose child died before 24 weeks of pregnancy will be able to apply for formal acknowledgement. Baby loss certificates are being offered by the government as a way of offering greater support recognition for those families. Now, Keely Langthorn had a miscarriage and then an ectopic pregnancy before her son George was born sleeping at 23 weeks. She's now an ambassador for Medway-based baby loss charity Abigail's Footsteps and has been speaking to Kate. So I had my first loss, Kate, at six weeks in February 2020. Um that was my first pregnancy. Um, didn't really think much of it. Thought I'm just one in four. Um, almost a year to the, almost a year to the day later, in February 2021, um, I was taken to hospital seriously ill with um, an ectopic pregnancy that had ruptured. Um, I had life-saving surgery and lost one of my fallopian tubes. Um, I then started IVF in September. I had one embryo that survived, um, and that was my son, George. Um, And unfortunately, my waters broke, and um, George was born um, sleeping at at 23 weeks on the 3rd of March um, 2022. 23 weeks, I mean, it's so early into the pregnancy. I just wanted to ask you about your thoughts. Now they're going to introduce the idea that you could apply for a birth certificate for ch- for children that were born sleeping before 24 weeks. What's your response to that? I think it's absolutely fantastic. So um, since George's death, I've been um, calling on the government to introduce statutory pay leave for anyone who loses their baby under 24 weeks. So at the moment, if you lose a baby under 24 weeks, not only do you not get formal recognition of them living or being in existence but you also don't get any entitlement to anything at work so for instance with George I gave birth to him at the 22 and a half weeks and I was 10 days away from the statutory limit for um one registering his birth and two um being entitled to any statutory paid leave um so I am calling on the government now as I have been for the last two years um, to introduce paid statutory leave, um, the same as that in New Zealand, which means a man and a woman will both get paid um, leave from work for losing a baby. So for Kate, for instance, I had a six-hour birth with George and a six-hour placental delivery. Um, and not only do I not get formal recognition of his birth, but the law says I should then be in work the next morning. Um, so this certificate of entitlement would mean that all my babies are now recognised um, and that makes me feel, that actually puts a smile on my face um, and it is actually warm and, and heart-wrenching actually and, and it makes me feel as though um, all my losses have not been for nothing. Um, at the moment I think I feel like I'm in a bit of, even with George, who I held and I dressed and I bathed and I buried, I, I still feel like there's nothing to show that he actually existed. Um, at the moment, all I've got is his prints, um, my photos and my memories. But now it will mean that 
I've got something for all three of my children. And how would that how would that help you through the grieving process? I think maybe it mean that I will accept it more and it will make me feel as though it it wasn't for nothing and that all these losses aren't for nothing and that there is a legacy left behind for the three of them now in terms of having some sort of documentary evidence that they existed. If you head to the trending pages of Kent Online today, you can read this story in full and we've included the link to the government site to make an application for one of those certificates. Kent Online News. This is one of our most read stories on the website today. A Folkestone man has been sent to prison for biting another man on the testicles while claiming to have AIDS. Bradley Cooper launched the attack in front of horrified shoppers on the high street two days after the barber had told him off for being abusive. A court heard how the accused clamped his jaws down so hard the victim needed stitches. He was also punched and racially abused. The 38-year-old, who lives in Langhorn Gardens, was sentenced to two years and eight months behind bars. A man's been arrested after a noxious substance was thrown at another man in Ramsgate. The victim was attacked with a corrosive liquid in a graveyard off Manston Road earlier this month. He's since been discharged from hospital after being treated for burns. A 22 two-year-old's been questioned and released on bail. A man who threatened staff at Gravesend News Agents with a meat cleaver has been jailed for more than eight years. At Kent Online, you can see footage of the moment Frankie Whittington demanded money from the till at the store on Darnley Road in November 2022. The 23-year-old, who doesn't have a permanent address, also targeted a home in Stroud. His getaway driver's been sentenced to three years. And a man's been arrested after armed officers were called to a street in Ashford. Neighbours in Sheldwich Close were told to stay in their homes yesterday. A 27-year-old is being questioned on suspicion of making threats to kill related to an incident in Dover on Sunday. Now, next today, a charity is warning that low-income parents would only be able to lift their families out of poverty by working full-time eight days a week. Action for Children says it's getting harder for people to support their children. Dan from Deal has a daughter with Down syndrome and says he's constantly worried about money. When you take into consideration all the all the minute factors that you kind of, and, and all new parents, you know, anybody sitting with a four-year-old child is going to be sitting, um, I think, and, and agreeing with this statement. I think when you become a parent, you... You sacrifice a lot of what you classed as your own independence previously because you now put that energy and that motivation into your child. And you do that because you want to. Um, I think the impounding factor of that, all the little things like, um, you know, we don't tend to socialise anymore. We don't tend to go out and do activities or, you know, because of cost. Um, and actually that, you know, that, that ultimately weighs a massive pressure on the family. It, it brings a real intensity to relationships within the household um, because you're constantly in this conversation of finances and money rather than um, enjoying and, and kind of having those moments of family time that is quality family time because actually you're forced to kind of think about, oh, well, the energy bill is going to come next month. Where's that coming from? And um, we've got this, that and the other. And, you know, and I was saying earlier on, you know, we rent property and um, we have a, you know, when we first moved into this property in 2019, our rent was £825 a month. Um, the following year, so on our first renewal, it went up to 835 The following renewal, they wanted it to go up to 875 but we, we asked them not to just because we couldn't afford it. 
um, with a caveat that the following year we would go up to 875. And they came back and said if we went to 850 that year, we could go to 875 the following year, which we've done. We're up soon. Our rent renewal will come up again in July. And we are pretty certain that we will be outpriced of our house. Um, and we don't live in a big house. We have a very small two-bed semi-detached house that um, we couldn't really go much smaller with having a child and uh, a dog. And, you know, ultimately, we're, we're two people who've worked really hard. We're educated people. Should we really have to sacrifice our home and be outpriced of our home due to kind of the fact of cost of living going up everywhere else you know I, I was only talking me and Leanne were looking at our budget yesterday and and actually you know our food budget has gone in the last year has gone from 260 pounds a month to over 400 pounds a month and that's just food and we haven't changed anything we don't buy anything more expensive that's just food the government insists work is the best route out of poverty kent online reports a former scout leader from seven oaks has appeared in court and admitted downloading indecent images of children christopher mccann was arrested when police raided his home in bradbourne vale road last april the 61 year old has been put on the sex offenders register and will be sentenced next month a spokesperson for the scouts says he was suspended from his role as as soon as the allegations came to light. A Dover man who stole an historic lectern from a church and then sold it for scrap to pay off his debts has been jailed. Robert Watson also caused more than £1,600 worth of damage to the solid oak doors at St John the Evangelist in Kingsdown. The 27-year-old from Tower Hamlets Road has been locked up for 12 months. An oil spill in the river in Canterbury is being blamed on whoever broke into a disused paper mill. Thieves took copper and two transformers while also causing the liquid to leak from a tank at the site in Chartham in the early hours of last Friday. Specialists have been brought in to clean the Great River Stour after it killed fish and birds. It's emerged families from Medway have now moved into a converted office block that was originally only going to be used by Londoners. The local council's taken over a floor of the 11-storey Anchorage House in Chatham in a bid to reduce the number of people waiting for temporary accommodation. You may recall there was controversy, and we've mentioned this in the podcast, before because it was previously announced the whole building would be for families from Newham. Now, it's been revealed a railway station in Kent that was once dubbed a mugger's paradise is going to be staffed seven days a week. Well, Lucy joins me now with more on this as it's one of our most read stories on the website today. Lucy, firstly, which station is it? Well, this is Stanit Parkway, which is based in Cliffsend, which is between Ramsgate and Margate. Just to give you a bit of background, it opened in July last year and cost £44 million to build. Passengers can get high-speed services to London St Pancras with the journey taking just 75 minutes. And why were there safety concerns? Some say the site is pretty isolated and Kent County Councillor Barry Lewis previously told Kent Online that no on-platform staff could leave people vulnerable. He added while there's CCTV that only records crime and doesn't stop it. So what have South Eastern had to say? They've confirmed that from March first, staff will be there seven days a week rather than the current Monday to Friday. A spokesman has said that customer numbers have increased steadily over the last six months and following a recruitment drive they'll now have workers there from 8am until 4pm each day. They go on to describe the station as a major investment for the local community and say they're looking to add extra services from June. Lucy, thank you ever so much. Kent Online reports. Residents in part of Sittingbourne say they won't 
don't have any privacy if plans for a new apartment block are approved. A six-storey building with 26 flats could be built next to the back of houses in Laburnum Place. There are also plans for three blocks of affordable properties in the Cockleshell Walk car park, which residents on Frederick Street say will overlook their homes. In fact, you can see CGI pictures of what the properties could look like if you head to the website today. A new playground in Canterbury has been branded a muddy disaster just days after opening. The £150,000 play area in Danejong Gardens features AstroTurf, which residents say is too boggy and leaves the equipment wet and dirty. The council say there'll be a review in the spring. And there are fears cattle could be killed or injured as a result of rubbish being dumped at a Kent beauty spot. Kent Wildlife Trust is calling for volunteers to help with a clean-up of Heather Corrie Vale Nature Reserve in Darrenth Valley. Several animals have been injured in the past, including a highland cow that was left severely lame after a broken beer bottle was found wedged in its hoof. Next today, a group of volunteers in Paddock Wood are doing their bit for wildlife conservation by helping toads cross the road. Yep, you heard that correct. Steve Songhurst started going out on patrols after noticing many had fallen into drain pots while trying to get to a pond to breed. He's now got a whole team helping him. When I heard that toad numbers had dropped 70% in 30 years, this is massive. You know, I can't save tigers and lions and, and whales, but I can save toads. And this is I'm sure this is what the other guys feel the same as well. You know, we can't save, we can't save the whole planet, but we can save our little bit. And this is our little bit of trying to make a difference. And that's what we do it for. The toads come off the rows, plop down, and they hit, they cross the road, mm-hmm. and they hit the curb. Oh. And they can't get up because it's like it's like Dover cliffs to them. So they can't get up there. So what they do is they follow the edge, and they come along here, and they fall down these holes, and they just go plop in there and they're just lost in there and you can't get them out. If we didn't go around and collect them, they're going to die down these gully pots. They can't get out, they're like a prison to them. And as you saw Ellie, with two of the toads, they had died. They just get exhausted and then they just drown. And how many times do you have to do this? Um, So we'll be out every night now from this year, beginning of February, right the way through to about the middle of March, going around every night checking the drains, checking the roads, bringing them over to the pond here until they breed. Once we know that the main breeding season has taken place, um, and the main, main, it'll be two or three nights when they're main breeding, and then after that I will let the guys know and we say, well, that's probably it and then we'll just leave them. Last year, they rescued more than 600 toads in the area around Ashcroft Road. Our reporter Ellie has been along to help. You can read her report in full by heading to the website. And we're going to find out next month if a Kent store has won the Southeast Independent Bookshop of the Year. The Margate Bookshop is in the running to be the representative at the National Awards later in the year. It's been recognised for the support it provides to the local community through bespoke storytelling and tailored initiatives. Kent Online. Sports. Football and former Gillingham manager Neil Harris has gone back to his old club, Millwall. He's left League One Cambridge United to take over as head coach at the Championship side. Don't forget, it's just five months since he was sacked from Priestfield. Well, Millwall got rid of Joe Edwards recently after losing seven of their last eight games. And a Faversham footballer is hoping to raise enough money to go to the Winter Deaf Olympics in Turkey. Emma Brown is part of the Team GB futsal squad, but they haven't been given any funding by UK 
Sport. She's previously won a bronze medal with Team GB at last year's Futsal World Championships in Brazil and hopes to inspire deaf children. Well, Emma's been chatting to Bartholomew from our colleagues at KMTV. It's just been out, so it's first time ever to have futsal at Winter Deaf Wimpy. So in the summer... Deaf Wimpy is football, so it's amazing to have futsal in winter Deaf Wimpets. And uh, as well, it's really quite interesting about the, the funding situation because, I mean, looking at your fundraiser and what, what's been written, £40,000 is quite a lot of money. There's so much that goes into yeah. it. Um, yeah, so we literally we get zero fund whatsoever. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just difficult. We'll be devastated if we don't find a fund to go, so we're just trying to raise as much money as we can to go to the Winter Deaf Olympics. It must mean so much to be able to represent the whole country. Yeah, it's just, it's just an honour to wear that shirt. It is so proud, like, you worked so hard to earn that shirt. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's just an honour to wear that shirt. And it's the, the 100th Games as well, so um, quite, quite a monumental one. Um, what, what does it mean for you to not just be representing England, but also the, the deaf community as well within these Games? Yeah, so for, for the deaf community, especially when you've got young um, kids who want to maybe want to dream to play for England for one day, for me to be a role model for that little kid to say, oh, oh I'll be like her, I want to play England one day. So it's, just show, it's good to show them to be a role model for the kids as well, for the deaf kids. Of course. I mean, I, I was looking up a, a statistic and it says 53% um, of adults um, over the age of 16, um, uh, deaf adults over the age of 16, don't get involved in sport. And that's compared with 15% of, um, of those without a disability. So hearing from you now, it, it seems like there are barriers that prevent people from maybe it's the confidence thing but what what is it that, that stopping young people yeah so i hear a lot so um the, the communication so a lot of i know a lot of players have gone to a football club and they struggle to fit in by because the communication and it's just a bit of lack of deaf awareness out there so it's important to spread the deaf awareness like for example how to communicate like how can we work well make it easy for the person and like you said it's the confidence it's having confidence so yeah just it's the communication and fitting in and it's important we need to try and encourage much kids as we can into sport and grow their confidence. What would your advice be to someone, you mentioned those youngsters who look up to people like yourself, what, what would be your advice to them if they are struggling with their confidence? I'd just say to just be you, just do not change anything, just be you, do what you enjoy doing. Um, yeah, just be yourself. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. And whilst you're on the site today, don't forget to check out our latest Eat My Words food review. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.